Mastery is defined as achieving the highest level of skill and knowledge in a particular field or activity. But what isn't very well known is that the mastery of anything is a journey, not a destination. My name is Jacob Panisi. I'm the fitness director at Millsaps Training Facility. I'm joined with Brian Johnson, the head trainer at Millsaps Training Facility. Together, we created this podcast to be your guide as you navigate the journey of mastering motocross. Welcome to MX Mastery. Social media in motocross. There's a good side to social media, and then there is a not-so-good side. I would even call it a bad side. It's a bad side of social media. I've experienced it personally. You have experienced it personally. Yeah, definitely. Um, But we've also experienced the good side. So we want to bring some value by teaching you guys the good side of social media and how you can leverage it to make money and enhance your career. And then we also want to talk about the bad side, teach you maybe how to handle those haters or, or handle some of the negativity that just comes with social media. So um, let's just get right into it. Yeah. So when it comes to social media, obviously the, the good side is that you can leverage it to make money. You can leverage it into enhancing your, your personality or your, your presence online, um, and it can end up enhancing your career. Social media, like when you when you really think about what it is, it's an online resume. You know, it's a chance to showcase your talents, your personality, your experience. It it ends up kind of just being a highlight reel of who you are in person. And um, there's a lot of really smart people that think that eventually it will be the only resume. You know, eventually you'll have one of those dot cards or a card that has a QR code on it and you'll bump it against somebody's phone. Like when you meet them for the first time, instead of giving them a business card, you're just going to bump them you know, with a dot card and it's going to pull up your Instagram, your Twitter, your TikTok, you know, and all of this will be how they judge you as a person. And if you're a good culture fit for their company or if they want to be friends with you, you know, like I've <laughs> be like, friends. <laughs> hey, yeah. but you have to check somebody's social score to see if they're good to be friends with. Uh, I can't be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Social scores only at a one twenty. Yeah. No, I'm a out. perfect 500. So, uh, you're out. So yeah, it almost it almost sounds a little intimidating when you said it like that, you know. And I that's where it goes. Yeah, for a long time I was kind of away from social media. I mean, I I interacted with it for a little bit, you know, for the from the business side from NTF, you know, because obviously anybody that knows my dad or Colleen know they have nothing to do with zero any type of social media from Facebook to Instagram to you know anything on on that end. You know, they'll look at the website. Well. Colleen will I don't even know if my dad's ever been on the website you know to be honest um but the social media side Colleen maybe will see something here and there that I show her somebody shows her but she doesn't care about it she doesn't want to know anything about it you know and I I was very similar for a long time you know back in 2013 or 14 we had a guy here Neil Dogra he's the one that actually created our Instagram account uh, and ran it for a little while and then I kind of took over when he left and, you know, I would post stuff here and there, but never really got into it until um, Taz Sabatka came here, actually. He was working with EVS and was coming in and talking a lot at our camps, you know, maybe three three years ago or so and brought up that we needed to do a little bit better of a job on, on social media, you know, and me looking at the business side of things, you know, we're always full, we, you know, didn't I didn't feel that we needed it, you know, but 
he explained, you know, the, the benefits to it. And, and so I started getting into it a little bit more and it's definitely been great for the business, you know, and, and built it up. And now we have, you know, a videographer posty that's here full time that helps out a lot and makes the edits look a lot better than what I can possibly do with my iPhone. Well, which you've gotten a lot better, like since, since even since I've been here, it used to be, it still is kind of like anything that you think works on social media ends up going up as a post, but your eye for a good shot and a good video and a good caption has gotten a lot better. And that all comes with practice and experience. I mean, how many posts do you make every day? Like five, six? Yeah. I mean, a few, you know, when it comes Plus from stories, yeah, know. stories that, you know, I don't really time it. I'm not picture perfect with it by any means, but yeah, I mean, I've done a lot in the last few years, you know, from posts to stories to things like that. So you get a little bit better and and seeing what works, what doesn't. And I try to just give a little bit of everything that we offer here. You know, I try not to hide, you know, sugarcoated. I don't want just all the picture perfect posts either. You know, we do make mistakes. We are human. So I want people to, to see that when they get on our social media from, from the MTF standpoint, I don't, my personal Instagram I don't run that in any because I'm so involved just with the MTS stuff that I stay away from it personally. Yeah, and that'd be a lot with, you know, to to make five or six posts a day and to constantly be editing and thinking of captions, it takes a lot of time out of the day. So to do that for multiple accounts, that's something that you hire somebody to do. You know, yeah. if you're if you're doing it with multiple accounts. I'm making an active effort, believe it or not, there's been a few people that say that, well, I just kind of sit here and twiddle my finger on my trackpad and i just kind of look at my computer so i'm I'm making a conscious effort to not do that yeah one of them was my sister so yeah, he got that. he he got i think i was the first one that brought it to to his attention later i'm like you know are you looking at what are you doing on there he's like i'm actually looking through stuff i go okay well you twiddle your finger a lot and, and then somebody commented on it and then my sister brought it up she's like i watched your last one and it was really good but what's 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 I jacob doing then this guy, dude. super weird <laughs> Well, not only that, somebody somebody sent me a direct message and was like, "Hey, I'm trying to do you solid, man. Like, I I, I think this is killing your views. You got to stop looking at your computer and, and just messing around with the trackpad." And you know, we don't have a sound technician. We don't have a video technician. We're we're running this ourselves, and we record this ourselves. So I have live monitoring of the audio and the video, and I am switching back and forth between screens. So I promise I'm not just like drawing circles with my mouse. <laughs> I'm actually doing something, but I will make an effort. Because clearly I'm distracting people. Yeah, and you know, I mean, from our, from our you're kind of bringing up something from the social media standpoint, right? There's going to be somebody to say something about everything. Always. You, you know, and, and you have to take it for what it is, you know, from the pros. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, what a top athlete, you know, from football or baseball, those guys that, you know, have multi multiple millions of people that follow him, you know, Tom Brady, you know, if he even looks at his Instagram, I don't know, you know, if he's the one running it or somebody else. I know most people in, in our sport run their own or, or do some sort of something with it. So, you know, there's a lot of haters that are going to say stuff and write stuff and how you respond, if you respond, you know, because usually they're wanting you to respond in a negative way. That's almost what they're trying to get out of you because they, they're not going to see you. They're not going to interact with you. If they did see you or interact with you, what they posted, they would probably try to avoid that and not ever let you know that was them. Oh yeah, they'd be super embarrassed. Yeah. They, they would, you know. I hope he doesn't actually know that yeah. that's me. Yeah. You know, I, I hope he doesn't remember. Um, and and we'll talk more about that in depth 
but social media can actually be a very positive thing. It can be a, a great tool as a business or as an entrepreneur or anybody who wants to, you know, leverage their personal brand to make money or to, you know, help somebody or, or you know, have an influence over a group of people in a positive way. Social media is a great thing. It, it builds an audience, right? And then you can you can build trust with that audience over time. And then you can use that trust to influence in hopefully positive way. I mean, not everybody does in a positive way. Um, but it, it gives you a great chance to build a personal brand. And I think that brand, brand is everything. Um, you know, like when you try to make a decision on what to buy, you usually go with the most trusted brand. Even if the other product is cheaper, you know, even if it does all the same things, has all the same features and looks the same. Like there's so many like Chinese knockoffs of like Apple Watches and iPhones and they do almost the exact same. And the quality is near identical, but you would never trust it because it's not a brand that you understand and you see their culture, you see their social media, you see the things that they do in real time. And and that trust is why you go back to that product, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and bringing up social media, you know, Taz brought a lot of information to me, you know, with him running EVS and running, talking to other people from, from different brands. And we always have to remember motocross is pretty small, you know, and, and people talk. So when you tag companies, a lot of times there's somebody that is involved with that company that's running it, seeing it, you know, so if you're tagging companies, even if you don't have anything to do with them, they're probably seeing your content one way or another, you know, so when they, you do see them at the races, even if you're a 20th place guy, you might be in that company's head whether it's a gear company a goggle company whoever it may be more than somebody that's in 10th or 5th or 3rd place because you're putting stuff out there and you're putting their name on it and that to them is is very valuable you know um and taz brought other things to my attention you know from him going to loretta's and you know how many people actually came up to him and and i wouldn't say he brought it to my attention because it was actually him talking to our camp our one week camp and letting them know, even though they're just getting into it, how important interacting with sponsors and interacting with company through social media. And then even at the races going up and saying, Hey, I'm so-and-so and and talking to them to get awareness of, of them as a rider, as a person. So they'll have some interaction with them. So when they're watching, maybe they'll see Johnny or Joe or Bob or whoever it may be and be like, Oh, that's the guy that posts all the time on, on, on Instagram or on TikTok or this, that, and another, you know, so, um, he brought a lot of that to, to my attention. And then also I think something happened with, with Tiger, which is one of our, um, riders, Tiger Wood. He personally called somebody and thanked them for, for goggles that he got. And that guy hadn't got a phone call from an athlete. And I, I want to say a few years, you know, personally, you know, he might've got a text, he might've got an email, but a phone call, he was so shocked that Tiger picked up the phone and gave him a phone call that, you know, that helped Tiger as a rider because that goggle rep then talked to somebody else who talked to somebody else and everybody, then that got him out there in a totally different way than even more than his results, you know? So now you've got a rider like Tiger that is getting the results and is a very respectful kid, appreciative, you know, he's like, not expecting to get the goggles so pumped that he got them you know gives the guy a call just thank you and and the guy's like oh well you deserve that you know but most people think like that yeah i deserve this i'm winning you know so thanks shoot him a text or whatever but you know going that next level is huge 
Well, yeah, and it's like a sense of pride when you when you're sponsored by a company. It allows you to puff your chest out a little bit more because, like, well, I've got support. Whether they give you fifteen percent off their products or they give you free bikes, you know, like having a sponsor is having a sponsor. But you forget that on the other end of that, like the the free stuff that comes to you, somebody packaged that and put it in the mail. Like, there's a person at that business that believes in you as a person. Yep. And so to get that human interaction is extremely important for them. It validates them and, and it helps them understand and come to the realization that they made the correct choice in choosing you as a representation of their product, which is their life. You know, they, they dedicate their life to creating these products and they want to share them with the world. But believe it or not, just because you put out a good product does not mean people are going to buy it. You know, that's why you come to riders that are doing well and they have a platform with an audience that has trust. And then the rider says, hey, this is a great product. You guys should buy it. You know, and that's a very powerful thing, and that's actually something um, we're going to talk about because, like, when when you build a personal brand, it opens the door for so many different avenues. One of those avenues is affiliate marketing, which is basically where companies companies pay you to recommend their products. And you know, some real quick note about that is you do have to be a little bit careful when doing affiliate marketing. Um, it, it's definitely good practice to only pick products that you actually believe in don't just say yes to everybody who's willing to throw a dollar your way um, I can't even tell you I have a, a relatively small Instagram account and I have been approached by like probably three different supplement companies consistently that want me to be an ambassador and they want to give me a coupon code so that I can push their product and, and get a commission and part of me is like yeah it sounds good but like I don't I look over their page and I look at some of their products and their ingredients and I'm just like I just you know, it'd be super cool just to make money through Instagram and, and be making money just selling supplements. And it's super easy for me because I don't actually have to handle shipping or anything. And all I do is post about it and a check comes to my mail, you know, but I don't like the product enough to put my name behind it. I don't want to put my personal brand behind a product that I don't know is 100% in line with my values. Yeah, and, and that's the same with MTF. You know, everybody that's involved with MTF you know, from Factory Connection to Dunlop to FMF, you know, Red Bull for, for many years. And everybody that we ever work with is somebody that we believe in. We trust them as a company, the people behind the company, mm -hmm. you know, and, and have the same values as us. You know, they work hard. They want the best product for everybody, whatever department they're in. And same with us with training. You know, we want to give the riders everything possible for them to succeed. We want the same you know pro thoughts on tires or suspension you know if something happens we we know the people are going to going to take care of it work to to be better yeah they're we're all going to make mistakes we're not going to be perfect but the companies have the same beliefs that we do yeah and that's super powerful because you know again it goes back to the human aspect like we want to align with people that we trust and that we want to build a business together with and you you always go further when you build a community so affiliate marketing is a super powerful thing. If, if you're a writer and you're consistently posting on social media and you're you're building your personal brand, affiliate marketing is something that you can test out. It's something you can branch out into with little to no risk. I mean, obviously, there's no cost to you. Um, there's plenty of ways to do it. Like Amazon has an affiliate program. Obviously, any sponsor or any company you reach out to, you can ask them about an affiliate marketing. Um, some companies call it an ambassador program, but it's the same thing. It's affiliate marketing. It's a great way to find products. And you can make money by recommending products that you use, and it ends up being a great way to make a little bit of money just through your social media. Um, so that's just one avenue. 
Another avenue would be just monetize content. Monetize content. That's be like getting paid by views. You know, one of the biggest platforms for that is definitely YouTube. Um, YouTube pays the best, I would say, but you can make money from views on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, YouTube Shorts. Um, you know, and that's purely based on if you have a large account with a lot of people watching, you can make decent money through views. It's definitely not as good as affiliate marketing because you do need a, a bigger following, I would say, um, or at least really good content that goes viral. Because I know that in order to be monetized on YouTube, you have to have at least a thousand subscribers. And then you either need to have 10 million shorts views within, I believe it's 90 days, or you can do 4,000 watch hours within a year of long form content. Um, and it's it's tougher than it sounds. I've been trying for a while. <laughs> the watch hours um, does take a while. I put out some some videos. And if you haven't seen my channel yet, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's great for a lot of information on motocross, motocross training, um, nutrition, um, different topics like that. So I'll, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Yeah, and, and we just started really getting into our YouTube. You know, I mm -hmm. did get into the social media side for a while, but until Posty came here, you know, and even when Posty came, he was a lot more on, on Instagram and just getting good edits and, you know, getting things with the, the firepower team and our riders and, and other, you know, aspects. But now we're pushing a little bit more on the YouTube and yeah, it's slow, you know, it's a slow start and, but you know, it's, it's never too late or too early to, to start something. No, it's, it's never too late. And right now, YouTube has like, I forget the exact number, but it's in the billions, mm -hmm. billion people watching every day. YouTube has the most eyes out of any social media platform. And if you're not on YouTube, you're definitely missing out on an opportunity. But um, the one note I will say about YouTube is that if, if you don't like making videos, YouTube is not for you because yeah. it takes a lot of time to make because you can't just like turn on a camera and go viral you know it, it doesn't work like that you have to put a lot of thought into the video the editing takes a really long time like it may take me 15 minutes to record a youtube video and i'll edit it for the next seven hours you know and that's a grind and then when that video gets like 100 views and then goes dead <laughs> I'm like well not exactly motivation to make another one yeah. you know because you know all the time and effort that goes into it and i mean even when we hired Posty and he was doing all the, the sweet edits, you know, and I would post like something from my iPhone that took not very long and he edited a nice video and posted and it was getting like 200 views, you know, and then I would post something and it'd get thousands of views and he'd be like, why'd you even hire me? Uh, you know, cause it actually, it looks, you know, yeah, I'm like, it looks good. It just keep, you know, you have to be consistent with it. That's the biggest thing. And, and whether it gets 10 views, 2000 views, you know, or 2 million views, you know, you never know who's going to view it that it could be valuable to. That's right. the biggest thing. You know, it's not always about it going viral or what it may be. You know, if you're putting content out and, you know, you start putting content out that could be valuable to a sponsor, that's the things that you never know who it's going to come across that sees you as a person or sees you as a rider. And, and you know, it might be something totally different. You know, it not, might not be the results. It just might be who you are that they're interested in and helping. Yeah, and, and like... You don't need a large following to make good money through affiliate marketing. Um, you do need a large following usually to get paid via views, um, but you can also release merchandise. That's another way that you can make money through your social media. 
Um, again, that one tends to be a little better when you have a bigger following. But it's not impossible because with the big following, it doesn't matter if you have 100,000 people that follow you, but nobody wants to buy from you and nobody wants to watch your stuff. Like They just like you as a person, like watching you race. But when you put out a YouTube video, nobody's really that interested or you know they don't want to buy your merch. Like You have to have – if you had – a hundred people that bought absolutely everything that you put out, you would be able to make six figures, hundred percent. If you had a hundred people that bought a new hat and a new shirt every drop, like you're you're making thousands of dollars just off of a hundred people. Now imagine if you had a thousand people that actually wanted to buy from you. If you had a thousand people that bought a hat from you for twenty bucks, and what is that? Twenty grand? Twenty grand a month? Yeah, well, if you if you had a thousand if you had, people, well, if you had twenty gram, if you had twenty dollars profit, which you wouldn't because you'd have, you know, right, you know, money into it and things like that. But yeah, for sure. So it's it adds, it's it not about up. having a big audience. It's about it's about having an engaged audience that actually wants what you're putting out. Some people get so discouraged about, well, I only have fifteen hundred followers. I only have seven thousand followers. Um, you know, we have a hundred thousand followers on for MTF. Yeah. Yep, and it's it doesn't always equate to like, we can't just put something out there and a hundred thousand people buy it. No, you definitely know, it's, not. it's, there's more that goes into it than that. So don't be discouraged. If you don't have a lot of followers, you don't need a ton. You just need a few that are dedicated and you can make good money. Um, if that's your goal, you know, of course it's just a lot of riders that aren't on the top factory teams, you know, maybe they're not making a ton of money. Um, but there are other ways to make money because essentially, as a rider, you have to somewhat be like your own entrepreneurial manager, I guess you could say. You know, like you have to produce content. It helps if you do merch. It helps if you do affiliate marketing. Um, there's other ways to be a little more successful in that area than just winning races. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think like Logan Carnell, you know, he does pretty good with different things. And Kevin Moran's. Um, I know he, he was making pretty good money with putting yeah. people on his helmet and then, you know, Cartwright started doing it, you know, it's kind of just getting out that he, they get the company out there through Instagram, through their, their social media pages. And then also, you know, put them on the motorcycle, them at the races, you know, so it kind of turned into those guys making a little bit of side money from round to round to help them, you know, with expenses and put a little bit of extra money in their pocket. Yeah, and I know it starts with like, hey, you know, all sales go to supporting me going to the races so that they don't have to dip into their pocket. You know, they can be supported by their fans, and it's just one way that the fans can help, you know, get some of their favorite privateers to the race, which is really cool. And a lot of those guys, that's how it starts, and then they end up doing much better than that, you know. And it's it's once the ball gets rolling, it can really pick up some momentum. Yeah, and... and once again, you never know who you're going to meet or who is going to want to help you, right? Six figures to one person is a lot of money, and six figures to another person is nothing, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, same with $1,000 to, you know, a kid is crazy amount of money, and, you know, $1,000 to help get to a race is going to help a lot, but some people are like, oh, you thousand bucks okay here you go you know yeah and you know same with ten thousand or twenty thousand you know it just depends on who you're talking to whose path you you cross whether it's from social media you know so you have to be a little careful too on the things that you put out there you know or the things that you do say or get engaged in when somebody does bring a comment to something you post you know if you 
go back at them too much, somebody might see that as well and be like, oh, man, this guy can't even control his emotions because so-and-so said something, and how are they going to act if something happens with us or another brand or when they have our shirt on or our hat on? And a rider comes up to him, you know, we probably don't want him representing us. Yeah, it's a resume for the good and the bad. Yeah, definitely. You know, it it definitely, the internet is forever. So be careful about what goes out. Um, so just a real quick recap. If you are a rider and you want to be moderately successful in terms of getting paid other ways than just prize money from winning races, definitely exper- experiment with social media. Uh, build a personal brand, and then try affiliate marketing. Again, that's where companies pay you to push their products. Um, could also be an ambassador program. They usually throw in a lot of perks. If you can make videos that get a lot of views, you can get paid for views. You can get paid from running ads on those videos, You know, whether it's YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, any of those platforms. Um, they all offer money if you get a lot of views. Um, and then you also can put out merchandise, you know, make hats, T-shirts, make fun clothes that are different, you know, and, and test out. And make sure they're actually good products. Don't just put out crap and expect people to just buy it because you ask them to. Um, it, it definitely doesn't work like that. Some people that are doing this really well are Hayden Deegan, for one. He, I, I had a conversation with his dad, and he basically told me the prize money, you know, the, the purse money doesn't really matter to them. What matters is the fact that it gives them a platform to sell their merchandise. Like, they're crushing it in a lot of areas, right? So, Brian has a million. Hayden has a million followers. Haley has a million followers. How all three of them have a million, I have no idea. But they're... Well, I mean, that's what Brian, he built a metal militia, you know, from marketing and things like that. So, he started, you know, a long time ago building them up when they were a kid. You know, they weren't... Yeah, they were good. They weren't great, but they, he started pushing them. You know, he had the resources to do that when they were younger and have videographer and film guy, you know, everybody following him around to create content, create YouTube, you know, follow Haley around and do different things and, and build a name brand around them, you know, and build them up, you know, and at a time when not as many people were doing it, so you get that ball rolling sooner and then the results start to follow, you know, and and then it just kind of snowballs in a, in a good way. Yeah, I mean they've been they've been doing it for a long time. First off, like that's one thing that people need to remember is that they have been doing YouTube for a long time and Instagram for a long time. And Brian has been involved with a lot of people. You know, the that's what made Metal Militia and Freestyle and Supercross popular. You know, even back when he was first getting into it, was just the media coverage and you know the the really cool videos that you know, these different companies would make and put out and he learned from that. And obviously like that's, that's the key. The fact that they did such a good job with Instagram, their YouTube videos, you know, they're getting a couple hundred thousand views on every video and they put out, I don't know how two, three videos a week. Maybe they, they put Probably. out a lot cause they have a full-time video guy that edits their videos and, and they're always putting out content and they, they make money off of every video. And then they also have the shop Deegan store which is available on Instagram. They put links in YouTube and they have this ecosystem of just income coming from YouTube, from Instagram, from their merchandise and who knows what else, obviously. And then Hayden's starting to win races and that's going to pay him as well. Yep. Not counting contract from star, you know, and whatever they get from monster or 
you know, Brian's personal sponsorships. I'm not even sure. But that's just a good example of they're using all of these platforms to their advantage. And they, they do a really good job. Yeah, definitely. Another person that does a really good job that I think is almost kind of a sleeper is Jeff Walker. Do you ever watch any of his videos? No. I watched a lot of his videos because he's the perfect example of he's he's a mid-pack pro, you yeah. know, and, and he is very open about that. And he started making videos when he was in college and trying to qualify for the pro races. But YouTube gave him a chance to showcase his personality. And he ends up, you know, he, he seems like a very likable guy. He seems very relatable. He shared some of his workouts. He brought his girlfriend along and their dog. And he just, he built a big following. I think he has a couple hundred thousand subscribers now. And when I found him, he only had like 20,000 or, you know, he was already getting a lot of views. Oh. Uh, but since then he's blown up and he's not that good. Like he's, yeah. he's a great rider, but you know, compared, he's like a 20th yeah, or a 30th yeah, compared place to guy. some of the guys, right? Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And so for someone like him, you know, he did the same thing. He has merchandise that he would tell everybody's going to supporting him at the races. And then he did affiliate marketing. I know he did like steel supplements. They gave him a coupon code. And so he gets a percentage of every person that purchases steel supplements, you know? And so who knows how he's doing now, but I know just from YouTube, he's, he's gotta be making good money. You know, same as from the from the merchandise and from the affiliate marketing. Yeah. Um. So there's options out there. Dean Wilson is another person who's got a pretty good YouTube channel. Um, yeah. He had the one video, Grandpa Earl, that you know <laughs> that the, was huge. It was huge. You no one, buddy. I mean, he's done great things. You know, from bringing bikes to kids and you know really good things. You know, he's a good good person. Everybody that knows him, you know, great personality. You know, and and you get to see that a little bit more because sometimes if you just went up to him, yeah, he has a great personality, but you don't get to see that very much when you're just meeting him at the races. You know, he's got a lot going on. So, of course, he's going to be nice. He's signing autographs. You know, he's smiling and, and giggling and doing that, but you see a totally different side of him. That That's him the majority of the time. Yes, and, you know, he brought up other things that, you know, he's a he's realist on, on different things from his anxiety. He's just a, a regular human, but also likes to have a good time. Yeah. And the polar opposite from him would be, you look at somebody like Eli Tomac. Nobody has any idea what that guy's like, aside from the podium interviews. Yep. You know you know he's not only on the bike, but that's it. Even like Adam Cincerulo on his podcast talked about, he was teammates with him for I don't know how many years. And he's like, even I feel like I don't know the guy. You know, like we went golfing a couple times, but you know, and he's a fun guy. Like he cracks jokes and he's funny, but nobody knows that. All yeah. you hear is his podium interviews where it's, it's all, you know, we had a great day. Thanks to the team. We got our job done. He's very business. Yep. And then he goes and, 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 and yeah, he, he looked at from a kid and to where he ended up going that he was strictly business and he was going to make a career out of results and, and that side of it and didn't care about the social media, didn't care for people to see inside his life or what he does. You know, I know he hunts and does that. So I've seen some of that because I'm, I'm a hunter um, you know, which I'm sure he, he has, has a great time and, and laughs and, you know, is a, is a great person. He just, you know, he doesn't have the YouTube. He doesn't ha let you get into and see his life. That's that side. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no. obviously he's, he's a great ambassador for the sport. He was a great racer and a lot of people look up to him. And I think that 
you almost get this feeling of missed opportunity with him because you think like, oh, dude, he could have crushed it. You know, if he would have had a YouTube channel. Imagine Eli Tomac YouTube channel. Yeah, How for sure. But he, he did crush it. <laughs> he did crush it. He made millions. You know, Yeah, was, I mean, exactly. unless unless he hired somebody and did that, yes, it could have it would have made him more. But to a certain extent, maybe it just would have been a distraction to him and he wouldn't have had the the same results that he did. Maybe that's know? why so, he has yeah. the results is yep. he wasn't focused because it, it is pretty quick. Like even going back to the conversation I had with Brian Deegan, he's like, it's, it is challenging because sometimes the kids want to focus more on the YouTube channel than mastering the craft that brought them the audience. You know, like sometimes instead of Haley worrying about her driving, she's worried about like, well, this video only got 50,000 views. So yeah. I need to go back to the drawing board and, and figure out what I did wrong. And, you know, he's really good about handling that because, you know, they just have a, a good dynamic that way and he has a lot of experience. But it, it's definitely got to be challenging. Yeah, I mean, so maybe it's and and everything gets put out on social media, you know, so you're always on your phone, you're on Instagram, you're seeing things sooner than maybe you need to on race days. You're seeing things that happen to, you know, a friend, a family member, whatever it may be that's in your mind. So if you don't have anything to do with that, you know, some of those things get brought up to you during a week or, or whenever it may be not when you're actually working when you when you're always on your phone or checking your instagram you know i remember when when jordan smith actually won his first first race uh, a friend actually passed away that day so he he didn't qualify for the main or he didn't qualify out of the heat race should i say and i got word that that had happened you know i was sitting with his dad and so I ran back to his, the semi, took his phone from him, you know, because a lot of riders, even even after they're not making the main, the first thing they're going to do, get on their phone, they're going to get on Instagram, you know. So I just yeah, took, what are the comments yeah, saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. Or what what's going on? Not even that. Just check check what what's going on on their Instagram or or who posted this. Jordan's you know? somebody who usually texts me back, like you know, if I, I was like, dude, good heat race, that was sick, you know, and he'll text me back, thanks, dog. Yeah, and mo <laughs> most people are right because they are normal normal people, but. You know, sometimes when they're, you're so focused, it's good to, to take that away. And, you know, I took his phone that night just because I was like, hey, we got work to do, you know, because I didn't want him to see that before he went out for his the LCQ, you know, and he ended up going out and getting the job done in the LCQ and actually getting his, his first win that night. So was was really cool, but, you know, it could have went a totally different way, you know, um, seeing that, knowing that. You know, I actually think he did hear about it before the main from somebody or caught wind of it, but he didn't hear about it before he went and lined up on the LCQ, so it could have changed the outcome. Yeah, who knows what would have happened if, if it would have got to him sooner. You know, not to downplay the situation, it's not like we didn't want him to know, but yeah, yeah. what happened happened. So if you can mitigate the damage, you know, of what would be a bad situation, you imagine that that happened and he totally screwed up his whole night and never got his first career win who knows if he would have ever got a win without that momentum so it's you just you you, you can never go know. back right you no. can't go back and i always say that you can't go back and do it a different way no you focus on what you can control and you move forward yep so let's talk about then the ugly side of social media i have a lot of thoughts on this i'll try to keep them reeled in i am one of the people that struggles to hold my pride back or to hold my ego back or whatever you want to say when people post negative things online. Oh, because my I know, yeah, I know. I come to Brian all the time. Like, should I say this? Is yeah, that, especially especially now with with our MTF Instagram, we post a lot more about the gym side, the online training side. 
you know, so me and him are working together on, on that and posty and, you know, all of us have access to it, you know, and, and he posts something, whether it's a workout or, or the riders doing a workout rowing. Yeah. Rowing. And they one comment about, Oh, look at their posture. So then it's making or making it sound like Jacob's doing a bad job at what he does, you know, and sometimes, yes, we're working on technique, but sometimes we're not, but there's always going to be a keyboard warrior that somebody can do it better. You know, same with, with us on the track, right? I post videos and sometimes riders are like this, you know, some, sometimes their legs are yeah, away. They're dabbing form. their foot, you know, what are you teaching? Them? Yeah. So I could easily go back at them. Sometimes I'll just delete their comment, you know, and, or, you know, block them if they're going to be negative, if they want to be negative about everything we do or, or say, and nobody's perfect. Usually the people that are saying stuff have, a lot of issues of their own you know so it's, it's not it's not even worth engaging with them it's not somebody that's professional or do you know when you know a lot of times they're beginners saying something about another rider you know so it just you know whether it's you know self-esteem or whatever it may be it's just it's better off not to engage with it but it's very hard not to right i mean sometimes i even want to say something from the but then i'm like well i'm representing mtf so it's MTF, not me saying it. And, you know, because a lot of times you can prove a point. You can prove them wrong, but what are you really you getting out of can. it? Yeah. You, you think that it got through their thick skull, <laughs> yeah. but maybe it didn't. Yeah. I think, like, the root problem is that you can speak your mind on social media. It, it gives everybody a voice, the smart people and then the not so smart people. Everybody has a voice, and there's no consequences for running your mouth. Zero. It's not personal at all. There's no like it's the it's the least personal thing typing something in and remaining anonymous or faceless or, you know, a lot of people's username isn't even their their real name. They make these accounts and they comment on things with no thought about how it's going to actually affect that person. And like freedom of speech is super important. That's one of the many great things about this country. I don't want, you know, any censorship or anything like that. It's it's you should be allowed to say what you want, but. The fact that people don't ever consider because it's so non-personal, they don't consider what it's going to do to the other person, you know, that leads it to just feel so toxic and it can be really damaging to people, not in even, not even in like a cyberbullying way, but just like, you know, did you even think before posting that? Like, did you, did, did any thoughts run through your mind? before you made that comment? And I have some specific examples. Yeah. I mean, that we'll go over. Yeah. I mean, Go. You were talking about Hayden Deegan. You know when Hayden Deegan and and Jordan got into their little incident. Oh you know? my God! I know Jordan. Literally, his phone was just boom going off and you know up. blowing up on you know negative things and people just you know saying this that and another and you know so many of them have no idea right. But of course it was just boom. They they were firing away at him. You know I know he even that he's like I couldn't even sleep that night. You know, so much, I had to turn my phone yeah, off finally, you know, it yeah. off his phone because yeah. he's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's literally driving him insane because some were actually, you know, people that he, I wouldn't say friends, but some people were people that, you know, commented regularly. Then all of a sudden it was like he was this bad person, yeah. you know, God, what was yeah. Coming to and you. it's like, man, I, I, you know, I don't feel like I really deserve that. And they are still humans, you know, and, and he still has feelings and when people just start bashing you, it's like, wow, you know, but they're not think they're not yeah, even it's not considering. Personal. Yep. It's, it's not personal at all. And, and nobody, I don't care what you say. Nobody is there. Nobody comments on Instagram with the idea or with the goal of having their mind changed. 
Yeah. Nobody comes in to have an honest discussion with, you know, like they, they want to say their piece and be unchallenged. No one wants to find the ultimate truth in the situation. Right. Would you agree with me on that? Like nobody yeah. actually, they can make a comment, but then they just turn it off and wait to see what you say. You know, like nobody's actually like, I wonder if they're going to have a good point. And if you actually do hit them back with a really good point, that's tough to argue. Usually it's radio silent after that because yeah. they don't want. Well, and when people have, it, yeah, when they have their beliefs anyway, they're not going to listen. You know, it's very similar to talking politics. You know, if you're on one end or the other, you're not going to see the other no. side. You won't even try. No. Because you're not you're not interested in having your beliefs change. They're like, you're a Republican, I'm out. I don't yeah. want to hear it. Exactly. It's wrong. You're dumb. <laughs> and then they associate a lot of who you are as a yeah. person to your political stance. Yeah. You know, and it's it's the same thing that we see on social media. And like truly my first thought when I see people that just go around posting negative things is like I honestly feel bad for them because if if their life is so sad and so lacking and they they lack so much confidence or they're self-conscious or whatever causes them to like where in their free time they open up instagram or youtube or tiktok and they just find content where they can post negative things like what a sad existence you know like i honestly feel bad for them because that's that's the highlight maybe not the highlight but that's something that they do in their free time to escape is to bring people down yeah and there's a lot of things on social media that i see that you know you could easily comment on in a positive way, negative way, whatever. And I, if I try to only do the positive yeah, ones, why right? ever because, choose negative? Yeah, why the, the negative, you know, that person didn't put that out there to be negative or get negative feedback. 99.9% of the time, they didn't do it to, for you to bash them, you know, whatever it, it may be. No, it's what keeps a lot of people from posting. Yeah. Is they're afraid of the backlash, you know, like there's, it took me a long time especially being a trainer, like I want to be proud of my physique and I want people to think I look strong and I want people to see the weight that I'm lifting. And so if there is a, a post I want to make, and I'm like, yeah, I just feel like it makes me look kind of small or I feel like I just, you know, maybe I could have done more weight for that rep or, or whatever it may be. You know, those are thoughts that creep in that almost keep me from posting. Yeah. But I'm not like that anymore. Same with like once I started making YouTube videos, at first, mm. dude, you hate seeing yourself on camera. You hate listening to yourself talk. Yeah. And then you just get over it because you just put it out there. At the end of the day, you're going to make mistakes on what you say, on what you do, and that's human nature, you know. And if people can't accept that, then they have their own issues, right? So yeah. that's kind of what you have to look at, that you are just a human, you know, you are educated, so you're okay with what you say, you, you're confident in what you say, but at the same time, you are going to make mistakes along the way, you know, especially with me you know, out there and, you know, Posty puts a camera on me and, and sometimes I think he edits a couple things to maybe make me look better, but I think a lot of times he doesn't to to throw in that I, I, I am human, you know, yeah, and it's I do, real. you know, even with our podcasts, you know, it's real, you know, sometimes I stutter, you call me out and my, even my sister, I say, you know, a lot and that's just what <laughs> I do, you know, so, you know, and then just like you messing around on, on the, the Only computer, touched it like twice today. Yeah. So, or looking, looking at it, whatever it may be, you're human, you have certain things that you do and people are going to point out the negative and and sometimes i wouldn't say it has to be negative because it's if somebody's just telling you or making you aware of something it's not really that yeah, negative this is going to improve the quality me yep. keep my hand off the computer and more eye contact and maybe yep. i even look at the camera from time to time 
You know, that's just going to make it better. So yep. I don't view that when the, the person that messaged me and was like, I hope I get you more views by telling you to stop looking at your computer. Yeah. I was just like, honestly, I was like, LOL, thanks, dude. Yep. You know, I appreciate good looking out. You know, I'll work on that. Yep, definitely. I mean, and, it's it's all a learning. You know, we've only done a few episodes, so we can only get better. And, and I mean, we don't want you not to give us negative feedback if it's trying to help us. You know, we're not, not saying that by any means. But when it's something that's just you know, flat out rude or whatever, then you can keep that comment to yeah, yourself. <laughs> like if it's constructive criticism, yeah. that's one thing. But there's some things like the the post I made of the two guys doing a plank. It was Nico and Benji. They were they were doing a plank out in the rain and Jose was running in the background. They have weight vests on. And in that post, their butts were just a little high. I'm talking maybe two to three inches too high. And I knew that. Like I know what good form looks like. But the the comments just blew up because I know like deep down they're thinking there's no way I could do that. Like they, they have this sense or this lack of confidence that drives them to try to tear down the people because their butts are a little high. They think that that makes it like, well, obviously you can't do it either because yeah. you don't have perfect form. Yeah, and, and you know, just like, in, like the post Instagram versus reality. You know, if we only posted the good, you know, same with the writing, you know, I could pretty much pick apart every good clip and I could always get good corners to post. And, you know, this find even some of our bad writers when they're doing it really good at times, you know, and only post those. But that's not reality. And at times there were people and writers that were intimidated to come to MTF. And it's still that way, you know, because they feel like, oh, it's the elite. It's the, the top of the top. You know, and same within the gym. If people are intimidated with working out with us, you know, that's that's not a good thing. You you got to understand that you're not going to be perfect in, in in anything that you do, whether it's riding in the gym, you know, and, and even you telling the people what they need to be better at, you know, whether it's having their back a little flatter or their butt down or their shoulders out, they're still going to go back to sometimes what feels comfortable when they get tired, those those issues are going to come out, you know, and, and their back's going to, you know, drop a little or li their butt's going to lift up a little and their shoulders are going to drop in a little and they're going to use maybe a little bit more core to help when they're doing something else, you know, even though it might be a shoulder exercise. Right. And like when it comes to posts like that, cause you're pretty much, you're talking about giving a snapshot into what's real and sometimes imperfect. Right. And, and when you're, when you're showing things that are imperfect, usually you need some context. And the people in the comments, granted, they didn't have any context. So when I replied to them, it was with the goal of giving them context. And I'm always very polite and respectful. And if I do reply to a comment, which I think I'm just going to make a, a – I'm going to vow to just never reply to comments ever again because it just never goes anywhere. <laughs> because just like I just pointed out, no one wants to have their mind changed. They just want to post their negative crap and then get out of there. But – when when they posted, you know, somebody said the specific comment was, I guess form doesn't matter anymore. Hashtag do it for the gram. And so I, I posted very politely. I said, don't you think that do it for the gram would be hold this perfect plank for about five seconds so I can get my video and then you can just be done? Because like that's – if I want to portray that we're perfect, that's what I would have done. But instead, I also reminded her that, hey – I am way more focused on the fact that these guys did two 30-minute motos and then came into the gym 
and had no problem, not one word about put on a weight vest, we're doing a core workout, and you're going to run around the pond with a weight vest, and you're going to do a plank in the pouring rain and, and not quit. Like, I think that is way more important than having your butt two inches lower for a perfect plank. Yeah. And the fact that they can't see that, the fact that that's not where their brain went, just tells me that they're not qualified to be commenting on this content. Yeah, and, and you can't always just point out the negative, right? Like, there was so way too much positive to then worry about something that is irrelevant to the situation. You got so much out of them as building them into the people, the riders and men that you're try, were trying to create that you don't have to then take them down a notch. Yeah, and, and sometimes just, just having them break through plateaus mentally and physically, it's messy. You know, it's it's more about survival than it is looking good. Yeah. And I would never have them do anything that's going to be unsafe. Like, it's not like having a slightly high butt is going to hurt you. And, you know, that's my main thing that I'm looking for when we look at, at form. You look at somebody who's trying to deadlift 1,000 pounds, <coughs> their back is not perfectly flat, you know, and their shoulders not perfectly packed. And But it's it's flat enough to be safe. It's flat enough that they're not going to, rip a disc apart or they're not going to herniate something like their form. Yes, there is an ideal form that you're looking for, but there is wiggle room that is still safe. And I don't like the, the fact that people don't see that just tells me again that they're not qualified to be commenting on this, on this topic. And just because you pointed out, you know, they're not always going to feel it. You know, you can't always correct them, correct them, correct them, correct them, correct them. You know, some people aren't going to be, the form isn't going to be perfect in in every aspect. It's just impossible. And sometimes I just straight up don't care. Yeah. Sometimes I don't care that their form is not the yeah. best because they are you know pushing. Yeah. They're they're giving they're it absolutely everything they have, and they're, they're safe. Yeah, they're not going to get injured. You know, it it is it's fine in that situation. Yeah, and that's all that matters. Struggling, and that's you know, like we had so many comments on our rowing form, and it's like I swear you put out one post about rowing, and all the Olympic rowers like come out to be like, well, hey, hire me as your rowing coach because your form is terrible it's like uh the kid in the video is like 11 years old so go back to your to your rower and you know obviously you've won olympic gold hey your your real side is starting to come out you're getting i think i see it you're you're starting to heat up right now (laughs) yeah and that's why i don't comment anymore because it's just well because you you do have a lot of knowledge about it right so you take it you know, personal when people comment because you put a lot of pride in it. You you don't just let them go through the motions. You look after their safety. You design their programs, you know, for their best interest to build them as, as riders, as athletes, and, you know, their safety as well. So when people comment, you, you get offended, which is it's a good thing. But at the same time, you have to remember who it is. You know, it's not a parent coming to you and and personally talking to you and and then being able to explain. It's just a keyboard warrior. And riders have to remember that as well, right? Because people are going to see you engage with that person. You post something, people are going to, there's going to be somebody, whether it's a competitor that's just going to comment, you know, and a lot of times, you know, it's good to maybe just give them the emoji thumbs up, like, cool. And that, that gets to that person a lot more that you don't engage in. And once you engage in it, you know, I, I was talking to actually our mechanic the other day and he's like, I know you deal with a lot of this stuff. What should I do in this situation? And I'm like, you know, play it cool. Let it, you know, that kills people when you don't let it bother you. Oh, when like there's nothing, there's no better revenge than just living a good life and not letting it bother you. Yeah. You know, there, there's no. And 
I think why I get so offended because it's not like I'm secure enough and confident in my ability and my knowledge to know that I'm doing a good job with these guys when, you know, as their trainer and the things I'm asking them to do. Um, what drives me nuts is the fact that, that people, they're, they're so tunnel vision. You know, like the, the people who saw the rowing, all they see is these kids. They don't know what they're doing. They see these kids rowing. When you tell a kid to row fast, their brain does not go to long, efficient strokes and, and big poles. Like their brain is the faster I rock back and forth, the faster I go, you know, which is obviously not correct. But they're kids. And, and you know, the more you tell them that, it bounces right off of them like they didn't even perceive it in the first place. And same same with riding, right? When yeah. we're doing motos or doing sprints, you know, we could have worked a turn and they were a half a second faster being off the clutch or being in a higher gear, you know, but the second they go to sprints, they're down a gear and their clutch popping, you know, rev limiter, you know, it's like, hey, you know, that's not as fast. We just worked it yesterday yeah. and you improved over a half a second. Why are you doing it this way? Well, I don't know. I feel like it's faster. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it just, their mind just switches differently. Right. Because, yeah. and that, that's just human nature. You yeah, know, you go back to, kids yeah, yeah, kids human. and, and you know, that's how you feel the most comfortable, you know? Yeah. And I think that like the, the real reason it gets to me is that people just don't, they don't understand the deeper into it. And I don't know how I expect them to, because they're not in the industry, which is probably why I get so irritated that they comment because it's like, and they're yeah, and they're not here day in and day out to see no. your interaction with them and all the things that we do work, you know. Yeah, they see that little snapshot, you know, and that's what makes you rethink everything you post, you know, because it's not like if we were training Olympic rowers, you can better believe I'd be a little more concerned about their form. But how about the fact that we race motocross? You know, we're not Olympic rowers. I don't care if these guys are good at rowing. All I care is there's an element of competition. Physically, it's very tough, and it's even tougher because they're doing it with bad form. Usually, you know, maybe not perfect form. So it's it's more about the competition. Like, what's the goal? The goal is not to be a good rower. The yeah. goal is to be a good competitor at whatever you're doing. And and, and you brought you brought rowing. up a point about people not knowing, you know, and what, if you were training Olympic rowers, you know, well, you look at somebody that's one of our top athletes, you know, Max Anstey. You know, I posted that video of him one time, and then I was at home, and my wife was looking at at the video and you know I actually had to record it and I did post it on our social media because it started out so funny that I was like hold on go back go back you know and I know you know what video I'm talking about when she was like why does Max ride like this with, with his, his elbows, elbows up, up? <laughs> you know it's like he's doing it so wrong I'm like what do you mean you know he needs to be more streamlined streamlined tuck those babies tuck those in. things in so he goes faster <laughs> you know so it, it's so funny you know that she and she was dead serious too right and oh, yeah. it's my wife that you know is around the sport you know somewhat but we don't really go over those form and technique things she does watch the the races but we keep it pretty simple on that side of things you know so it was funny when she when she went there so if it's somebody, whether it was myself or whoever, seeing them row, you know, and they think, you know, they got taught a little bit by a trainer or something, and so they have a little bit of knowledge of it, they think that they can comment on it. Yeah, like, and I think it really comes back to the fact that they think they know, and those are the people that are dangerous, yep. you know? Like, me personally, the more I know, the more that I learn, the more that I realize that I don't know. So, like, that's, it really makes you question, like, what truly doesn't mean to be an expert because an, a true expert would say they're not an expert you know a true yeah. a true master of their craft 
would always play the they would be humble and say that I'm I'm good but I don't know everything. There's yeah. always things like as a trainer for both of us, we'll, we will always be learning. We're always students of the craft. And so there's never, there's never going to be a moment where you just, I made it like I'm the best that, that time never comes. And the more you learn, the more you realize you still have to learn. The people who think they're bad usually end up being better than those who think they're good. Because if you, one of the number one qualities in an individual that I look for is self-awareness. If you're not aware of your, your faults or aware of your your things you could do better, you're going to really struggle to make improvements in life. And so just knowing that you're not the best rider will make you a better rider. You know, the guys that think that they don't need help with technique, they don't need the turn track. We have some people here right now that we won't listen by name. We won't We won't list them by name. But there's some here right now that think they're the best rider. So they want to pick and choose what they do. And it doesn't always equate to success because they're not getting the specific skill work that they need to actually keep getting better. They think they're that good when we know they're not that good, but they're not self-aware enough to yeah. to realize that, put that together, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know, and you can never be too good. That's the biggest thing what you always have to go back to. And that's what I always go back to when – we we're on the turn track or we're working breaking with it with a top athlete you know i go back to other sports what sport doesn't work the basics you know from when kobe bryant you know i i saw a thing where somebody was saying why are you working on this technique and he's like what do you mean they're like you're you're the best guy out there and his response why do you think i'm the best guy you know you look at tiger woods what he did you know how many two foot putts does he work you know he, he probably put a thousand in a row and doesn't miss but that's why he does it right yep. to make sure he stays sharp you can never you know understand your motorcycle too good and sometimes going back to the basics is is the most important thing and the best thing for you because a lot of times it doesn't take that much more energy so you can be on your motorcycle an extra hour that day doing basic stuff and you're just getting more bike time yeah i mean if you say you struggle with arm pump find a turn track yeah. there's not gonna be any arm pump there yeah you know, and you can go for a long time and just some people suffer. it will be because it's brake throttle clutch, brake throttle clutch. Yeah, if you know? you're not so, good, but yeah, you know, but, then your goal is to get yeah, or if you go real fast, you just you know, yeah. so you you can, you can get it still, but then you learn to be smoother and more efficient. You know, it can can help you at a low risk area to better yourself in in a lot of areas. Yeah, there's a couple more things that I want to touch real quick on just the negative side of social media, and um, I have a couple more specific examples. Um, example number one is. Somebody commented, Chase Sexton comment, or he, he made a post and said that, you know, I, I really wish I was racing with the guys right now, but my health is my number one priority and I'm taking the, the necessary time to get back to 100% before returning to racing and I'll see you guys soon. Thanks for the support. And then somebody commented, I'm going to keep them anonymous. Um, they commented and said, rumor is you and Jet do not like each other and you're looking for an out. And HRC Honda is too invested into the brothers and putting you on the sidelines. And that since you signed a new deal with Factory KTM and you've been practicing on Plessinger's bike, that's the rumors I'm hearing in the moto community. Somebody commented that on Chase's post. The fact that that guy's not getting popped in the mouth. You know, <laughs> like if you saw Chase Sexton in person, you would never say that to him. Yeah. And th- like that's kind of what it I, goes back to, you know, it doesn't, go ahead, he, he doesn't, he doesn't care, right? Like, doesn't care, doesn't know, doesn't care to know. Yeah, you know he doesn't actually know. He just sees, 
he's going on pure speculation. I mean, who knows who this guy is? Maybe he's, you know, an employee at KTM, for all I know. But still. But he doesn't know the relationship that him and Jet have. And even if him and Jet don't get along, he would still, there's plenty of people on teams that, you know, ride for each other that show up, or not ride for each other, but ride for the same team that do not like each other. They show up, they just don't talk in the rig, you know, maybe they, mm-hmm. or they're cordial with one another and they go, go about their business, you know, but they're still going to show up and do their job. You know, Chase is still going to show up and do his job because every time he lines up, it's still going to be another gate drop that's going to build for the following year. So I believe that Chase ha- wants to be out there, right? I don't think anything to do with how J- Jet is doing has any effect you know going into this when we started a different podcast we talked about that right i brought up if chase isn't there jet's probably gonna have a lot easier of a, a season you know going into this you know other than dylan you know we talked a little bit about dylan but dylan had so much time off the bike you know so he's not going expected to be as good as he was a couple years ago from his supercross season to what happened and last it's an year new bike yeah a know? totally new bike that he's trying to learn where you know I thought the only two people going into this season it of Jet being on a 450 to challenge him would have been Eli and, and Chase, and they're both gone, mm-hmm. you know, and I would believe that Chase and Eli would feel this, the same way, you know, with who is who is out especially, you know, that they were going to be the two main competitors. You know, you look at last year, those two guys dominated the the other guys on, on outdoors, so they would they would are looking at it as being a lot different if they were there, I would say. Yeah, not to mention, just to build off of that, when I would, when Jordan Smith was hurt and we'd watch the, the races at his house, you know, let's say one of his buddies or one of his teammates would, would get a win or they would get a, their first podium. And I'd be like, oh, dude, that's pretty cool, huh? And he's like, nope. You know, like these guys literally feel like if anybody else besides them is winning, it's like somebody is personally taking something from them. And so to think that Chase is okay sitting on the sideline while Jet builds all this confidence and all this momentum, Chase is an absolute fighter. And he, yeah. he went toe-to-toe against Eli, who's going to go down as one of the all-time greats in the sport. And he went toe-to-toe with him and almost won. Yeah. If anything, seeing Jet have all this success is firing him up even more. He's going to want nothing more when he gets back to beat Jet. I mean... Definitely, that's, especially that's going why, in, in, into next year, right? Like, he doesn't yeah. want to keep letting him build build confidence, right? He wants to challenge him. He wants to try to break him. He wants to, you know, because he knows that's going to be one of his main competitors moving forward. And I think that that's why Chase was genuinely disappointed that Eli wasn't going to line up because yeah. he wanted the chance to knock him off the pedestal, yep. you know? So to think that, yeah, well, you and Jet don't like each other, so you just made excuses and you have a concussion and, you know, it's just it's total bullshit, man. And I don't... And, and I just want to ask this person, like, what what was your goal? Did you accomplish your goal? Do you feel better asking? Like, do you think that Chase is going to comment and be like, you got me? Yeah. You nailed the, hit the nail on the head. No, I mean, no matter what, when you call somebody out on something like that, they're never going to, even if it's true, right? He might not be getting along with Honda and he might be riding yeah, the it KTM. Could be true. All, I don't all, know. Yeah, all of, all of that stuff, but most likely it's it's not you know there might be a little truth to a few of the things but it's not why he's not lining up for sure no yeah no it's definitely not so i just want to encourage you guys to think if you're going to comment on something especially if it's going to be a little bit negative keep your emotion out of it and try to actually consider what am i going to get out of this you know are you this guy 
who's commenting for nothing, trying to tear Chase down. Someone, you know, like you'll never meet Chase. She's never. Yeah, but imagine, imagine, you know, imagine you did meet him, right? Like same with what the people that comment on our posts or whoever it may be. What would you do if you met that person, whether it's a Jordan Smith or Hayden Deegan or a, you know, Hunter Lawrence, Jet Lawrence, you know, if you're saying something negative, would you say it to them? Yeah. You know, would you or would you be excited to meet them or hang out with them or go to dinner with them? You know, so why would you say something negative if you actually would enjoy, you know, having some what of a relationship or interaction with them? Exactly. That, like that. I don't think I could put it any better myself. If you wouldn't say it to them, a person like just the just the fact that you remain anonymous or the fact that you'll never actually see them face to face is the only thing giving you the courage to say whatever it is that you're saying. Yeah, and I think but there's always a chance you do, right? Like it's the it's the biggest thing. You gotta we tell riders that all the time. You never know who's watching, you never know who's around. You always, you know, should talk to people like you wanna be talked to, respect people like you wanna be respected. You know, and we have a great group of people around here from the the pros when Jordan's here, you know, and it, and it trickles down that everybody's very respectful. And when people come in here, they see that because it, it starts at the top and works its way down, you know, and, and you never know when you might be somebody that is very important. Right. So I think it's it's important to always take that into consideration what you do say, because you might be in a situation that you might be face to face with that person one day. And they might remember you from your comment because sometimes those things actually stick with those person people more than you think because you think, oh, they're top athletes. They don't see it or they, they don't have feelings, but they're still human, you know, and they still just like you're bringing up comments and things that were months ago, but they stick with you about the rowing and about, you know, that plank, you know. You probably know the person's name just because uh, she's it, a moto mom. Yeah, yeah, so just because yeah. you know it, it bugged you so much, and and same with top athletes. You know, certain things will stick with them, so they might even have scrolled through that person's Facebook to see, or Instagram, or TikTok to see who they are. Then they see them one day, and that person's probably going to go up to them and be like, "Hey, will you sign my jersey?" And then they're like, uh, "Aren't you the guy that did this?" And yeah. they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, oh, you know, and catch them, catch them totally off guard." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that, and that, you know, I also, I'm vowing to not respond to negative comments anymore because nobody, I'm not going to get anywhere with it, and I like to think I can have a conversation with somebody because I'm never toxic back to them. It's always just I want them to think for maybe the first time in their life. I don't know, but. I have to be careful because I was not the only person that saw the interaction happen. Like I posted it, but you know, there were a lot of parents that were like, can you believe that person that, that said that on there? And yeah, a, lo a lot of times I, if I would have responded poorly, that, that makes me look really bad. Like yeah. that's a, that's a knock to my character. If I'm mean back to that person and try to drag them down, all these parents and all these riders that look to me as a, as a leader and their trainer and you know, like to see me act in bad character, is yeah, detrimental. Yep. Then they're gonna think it's okay, and they're they're yeah, probably Jacob gonna did do it. it. Yep. I'm gonna do it. Yep, you know, definitely. He feels better. Look at he's walking around all happy, and <laughs> you know, he felt good crushing that person and making yeah, them feel awesome, like they didn't know it? what they were talking about. Yeah, and that's never the goal. Like nope. I never want to hurt people's feelings. It's, I honestly, I I almost feel bad even just asking them the questions, even though I'm being perfectly pleasant. It's still like they could read it any way they want. And I don't really want that interpretation. You know? Yeah. Oh, you definitely don't. I mean, I, I was telling you something the other day that 
I did to my wife joking around, and you're like, oh, my God, I don't know how you did that. I could oh, never. Oh, it yeah, me alive, yeah. dude. No way. There's no way. And I was like, I was just kidding. You know, well, I couldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, she goes, she would have felt so bad. Yeah, you know? that's the long con. I, I can't do the long con. I can't do it. And there was one other thing that really stuck with me. It was another trainer um, in motocross, and he followed me, and he's he's been active on some of my stuff, and I've seen some of his content, and I actually I like a lot of his stuff. Uh, but even I put out a video saying it was just me talking and being like, hey, I think I understand why cycling is so prevalent in motocross because when you do a, a stand-up moto on turn track or when you're when you're riding, the my quads were on fire. Yep. And since cycling is mostly quad dominant, it's not 100% quad dominant, but quads are a big focus, You know, I can see why cycling would bring some benefits. And this guy got on there and was like, I completely disagree with your point. Like he, he took a stance and was like cycling is not the best way. You know, isometric contractions held for 30 seconds at a time. And you know, like all these different things that isolates the quadriceps would be a much better way to build quads. And if you're filling your quads, it means you're not doing a proper hinge and you know, like, and he just totally tried to annihilate me for no reason. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, dude, yeah. and you weren't even trying to point out that that's no. the best thing. You're just saying that's why a lot of people feel the need to do yeah, it and like, feel like it's beneficial. Hmm, my legs, my quads burn when I cycle. They burn when I ride. Wonder if there's a correlation yep. there. I don't Muscle know. Muscle endurance. Yeah, yeah, and like even I sent him, or I I didn't send him, but I was going to send him an article from Training Peaks, which is a, a cycling training app, and they put out how it was like you know 60% quad 50% hamstring 10% adductors you know like I, they, I bet that went into your dm and out of your dm quite a few times like i'm gonna send should it I do it you know <laughs> should i do it nope yeah but laying, you know laying down at night you're like oh i gotta send that i'm gonna send it i need to send it woke up in a cold sweat <laughs> push send do it that's the the angel and the devil on my shoulder you yeah. know going do it yeah don't do it but now i it just it really drives me nuts when when people think that everything is just so black and white like that. And you know, when I commented back, I just said, "Hey, I wasn't taking a stance. I wasn't saying this is the only way. I said this is one thing that we like to do. You know, we like to we like to cycle. It's still two wheels. It's outside. It's fun. You go in a group. It's a bonding experience, and it works your legs. And not only is it just quads, you work your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes. You know, and, and he tried to break down like." If you look at the pedal stroke, you're if you're feeling your quads, it means you're doing it wrong. But that's absolutely not true. He's I mean, just I, speaking with yeah. I don't even know why he did it. I, I mean, I posted he, a video on we were working a rougher section and I was having the guys do it in third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear just to feel the difference in the bike and how the bike worked. And you get somebody that comments, Well, why don't they just go around the outside? That's way better of an entrance. This you know, and I'm and I think I did comment, I just said that's not what we were working on. You know, it it probably was a better line at the time. I don't really even remember you know, maybe opening it up a little bit or, or that situation for speed might have been better, but we were actually picking the roughest line to feel how the bike worked in the different gears and understand how the suspension works, the benefits and the negatives on both ends. I don't know. I think he sounds smarter than you. Probably. He should take your job. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the guy who commented on, on my post about cycling. Yeah. It's just you should probably do you're obviously smarter than me. Yeah, so. you can you can work on so many different things, right? It's not always just about the fastest or the best you know sometimes it's about the worst line you know or the worst thing to do so you can feel it in the negative way to not want to do that yeah no absolutely but nobody thinks deeply enough yep they never consider the context you know so just take a hard look at yourself if you're the person that's commenting these negative things maybe consider an alternative path you know there's no reason to bring more negativity 
on a very serious note. Like you just don't. It feels so much better to lift people up than it does to bring them down. And the fact that you want to bring people down just means you're probably not in a very good place yourself. Uh, so spend some time reevaluating your current situation. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the MX Mastery Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating and review on the platform you're listening on. This helps the podcast find other people that are just as passionate about moto as we are. I'll see you guys in the next episode.